Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Kernels of Truth by Progress Kentucky. Uh, our host, Aaron Viles, is not here tonight. Um, we gave him the day off, which he needed one as well. Today is his <laughs> wife's birthday, and happy birthday, Mrs. Aaron Viles. So we've got a special episode for you tonight. Uh, it's going to be great. We're focused on the disappointing special election results from yesterday and a couple of other issues that you would be very interested in in the news of the week, as we called it. And then we'll bring on our guest, Ms. Alice Melendez of Extinction Rebellion tonight, Kentucky, to discuss whether the Ohio River Valley is on its way to becoming a new cancer alley for our nation. Also, um, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? I know you are. You're looking at us tonight and you're saying, what can I do to turn Kentucky purple? Well, I've got just the thing for you. You know that our Commonwealth has some work to do and we're going to beat back the red wave or, or what we can call bad politics, of course, and policy from the GOP supermajority in Frankfurt from efforts to stop teaching history that makes white parents uncomfortable to blocking our governor from doing well anything right? We need your help to stand effectively against the GOP super duper majority. So if you want a commonwealth that works, right, for all of us, join Progress Kentucky. It's easy. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and the gram, as the young people will say, the Instagram. Wherever you spend your time on social media, you can find us. Make sure that you like and share and uh, follow our page, like our page, share our page out to everyone that you know, and please, 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 you know how algorithms go, comment on our content. If you like what you're hearing on the Kernels of Truth, give us a thumbs up, leave us a review, or share out the show. We really appreciate it. So my name, once again, is Kimberly Cecil Jones, and I'm coming to you live from my living room, my very comfortable uh, living arrangement space here in Louisville, Kentucky, and my protest signs. But, you know, before I tell you my protest sign, how about you, yes, you, put your protest sign in the comments. You know how we do here on Kernels of Truth, all of us Kentucky colonels telling the truth about Kentucky politics. So, um my particular sign, if I had a sign today, it would say, hashtag, we still are optimistic. Hashtag, we are still optimistic. And I think you, ladies and gentlemen, know what I'm talking about after what happened last night. Um, I'm still optimistic, very, very optimistic as it goes. So Nate, like what does your protest sign say today? Well, uh, I'll get to that in just a moment, but first, hi folks. This is Nate Orshan coming live and direct from Kits and my home here in South Frankfort, Kentucky. And uh, today my sign is going to say, vote like democracy depends on it in 2022, because it does. 
You know what, Nate? You always come up with the best ones. But, you know, normally I win over you guys because I come really hard <laughs> and I come correct. Yes, you do. But since Aaron said, you know, Kim, will you host? I did not get the time to do it. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been watching our show, you know I always come correct, right? You do. You okay, do. so Mr. Doug Price, affectionately known as Dougie Fresh, with all the fresh information, who are you? Tell them who you are and where you are. And what does your protest sign say today? Uh, yes, Kimberly and Nate. My name is Doug Price. I'm from Harrison County, Kentucky. Harrison County was formed in December 1793 and was a 17th Kentucky County form. My sign says, you may not be able to read the upside down word, but the maps part is upside down to indicate distress, and you'll learn more about that later. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say this. I think tonight that um, Dougie Fresh won. What do you say, Nate? Uh, uh, you know, he actually has a sign, so that's a, a step further than you and me. <laughs> exactly. And he gave us 17 whatever it was and all of that kind of stuff. So next time, Nate, you and I, we know what to do, right? Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. So bring, bring I know that time. we're starting... <laughs> right. I know that we're starting the news of the week and we're starting off with uh, Mr. Nate right here. That special yeah. elections. Thanks, Kimberly. Uh, so uh, how to put this? It was not a great election night for Democrats yesterday from all the way over in Virginia to uh, the Kentucky 89th House District. Uh, it was pretty much bad news across the board in places that we progressives had hoped to see better results. Um so as just to rewind a little bit, as, as you probably know, uh, the Commonwealth had only three races uh, in the 51st House District, the 22nd Senate District, and the 89th House District. So starting with the 51st, uh, that's Bam Carney's old district, uh, we never really expected to see, let's be honest, any shift from the strong Republican district. So in that sense, it's like fingers crossed, but, you know, we... we we probably got the outcome that um, we might have expected. The uh, Republican cruise to victory there. But here's what we want to stress. These are unofficial results right now. So, you know, this is, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's unofficial, but it's it's probably official. So um, even though the Secretary of State, Michael Adams, hasn't, you know, completely certified it as of the time that we put this all together. Um so anyway, so let's leave the 51st and travel over to the 22nd Senate District, uh, which includes a few Lex, uh, Fayette County precincts, as well as uh, Garrett, I think I'm saying that correctly, Washington, Jessamine, and Mercer counties. So uh, unfortunately, no other way to say it, but that we saw Helen B. go down in flames to Donald Davis. Um, and it was a bit of a heartbreaker because for, for us, for Providence, Kentucky, uh, the 89th uh, was where Robert Goforth stepped down to deal with legal troubles. So the, so we had, uh, we're moving on now, uh, we had a great deal of hope for Mae Suramek. Uh, she was on the show a couple weeks back. She's an amazing human being. You you should just get to know May uh, online. Uh, just, you know, she's, she's still going places. But this time around at the... Uh, businesswoman, social entrepreneur, and and real progressive candidate, she didn't do it. 
Um, we we did definitely have some uh, Progress Kentucky activists, all volunteers, as, as all of our supporters are here. Uh, they put some time and energy into May's campaign, but uh, you know, the base of support in where she lives in Berea was not enough to overcome the very Republican Jackson County, as well as parts of Laurel and Madison. And, you know, that can lead to this whole other conversation about gerrymandering and how it's, you know, these districts are, are set up to, uh, to make one party win and another not. So a disappointing outcome uh, among these three races, and everybody knew it was going to be very tough to win, right? because the seats had been held by Republicans. But, you know, we had our fingers crossed that uh, the grassroots campaign could just boost the turnout in this very low turnout race in order to edge out uh, the rivals. Not the case. So now that we're all sort of up to date with the bad news, um, let's uh, go around the horn a little bit and uh, hear what uh, my distinguished colleagues have to say about it. Doug, what do you think? Uh, sure. There's an old saying, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I'm not trying to make light of the outcome, but to note that those who attempted to win and those who helped are to be congratulated for the effort. To do nothing is to accept the same old, same old, and none of us want that. Kimberly, you have any thoughts? I sure do. I, I'm, I don't like to ever say that I feel any type of fear but I think this is a wake up call to the more progressive individuals that uh, we need to put in more work. Uh, because if this is any indication of what we have to look forward to in 2022, it's going to be a bloodbath. Okay. And it has just been too much going on here in the state of Kentucky with all the Republicans. If there were some Republicans that had half of a brain, in Kentucky, and they were doing like some really good stuff. I would, you know, like, hey, you might be Republican, but you're doing really great stuff, right? However, that's not the case. We've got a bunch of QAnon people on the legislature here at our state capitol. Our governor can't get anything accomplished that he would really want to because of all this contention and conspiracy theory. Then we've had three races and boom, boom, bam. Did I do that right, Nate? You know, boom, boom, bam. Boom, boom, bam. Sounds right yeah. to me. Boom, boom, bam. Boom, boom, All bam. Republicans. And we know, ladies and gentlemen, that Republicans in the state of Kentucky, they're not for us. I mean, any of us. I don't care what color you are, what gender you are, whatever the case may be. They are not for anyone but themselves. So that's where I stand on that. I'm going to be praying and hoping and manifesting positive energy, right? So there will not be a bloodbath. But this is a wake up call for all people that want uh, just democracy in their state. This is a wake up call for 2022. Thanks, Kimberly. Uh, our mm -hmm. next thing we're going to be talking about, or I'm going to be talking about, is what's up with redistricting. I suppose one could say it's a good thing that that only takes place every 10 years. Why? Because the process is generally rooted in controversy. In the past, Republicans have said that the Democrats manipulated boundaries in order to help that party. Now the Democratic Party is concerned about the same thing happening since the Republicans are in power. What is redistricting? 
It's the way we change the districts that determine who represents us. Every member of the U.S. House of Representatives, our state legislators, and many of our elected officials in towns and countries, counties are elected from districts. These districts divide states and the people who live there into geographical territories. Most of the time though, district lines subdivide territory so that there are several districts within one city or state and representatives for each separate district. When that happens, we need some way to decide where the lines will be drawn. The process involves dividing up areas attempting to create the same number of people in each district. For an example, my representative is Mark Hart from Pendleton County. His district includes all of Pendleton and Harrison counties along with a sliver of houses in Scott County. When you drive on US 62 from Harrison County to Scott County, you go through a portion of Bourbon County back into Harrison and then into Scott. So they had to draw that line to get the proper number of people. Uh, the League of Women Voters of Kentucky prepared fair, fair maps and are promoting their effort across the Commonwealth. One thing the maps did not take into consideration is the location of the current legislators. D. Prelegiasco of the League of Women Voters has been on Colonels of Truth, and she believes incumbency shouldn't be a factor in redistricting. She said the maps the League put together didn't take that into account at all, and suggested fostering competitive elections instead of protecting incumbents is a better approach. Otherwise, the process may lead to partisanship gerrymandering. On Saturday, I met a couple of legislators who based upon the league's map would be located outside of their current district and presumably would have to, to move or not run again for that district. This is one of those issues where one can see both sides. The other issue is when does this take place? Our governor has suggested that he and the legislators get together to discuss the process. The Republican legislators want the governor to call a special session in order to complete the task prior to the first of the year when there are filing deadlines to consider. Prior to this, the League of Women Voters advocated for legislation that would have set up an advisory commission to provide public input on Kentucky's redistricting process, but that idea languished in the legislature. I expect the governor does not want to give the Republican-controlled legislature a blank check to revamp districts. The legislature has a supermajority and could pass legislation that the governor could veto, but then be immediately overridden by the legislature. I believe a better approach would be to wait until the 2022 General Assembly and then work on the matter. A special session would have pretty much no input from those people most affected, we the people. Taking care of the matter during the session would allow the people to provide input. Speaking of providing input, we are currently in communication with League of Women Voters to schedule an online session with folks from Progress Kentucky to hear more details about the process. And if COVID restrictions allow for more in-person participation of the public, House Minority Floor Leader Joni Jenkins said she hopes the GOP won't rush the redrawn districts through the legislative process without giving Kentuckians time to review the maps. 
she stated, I know that I will not have a huge say in what the proposed maps will look like, but I really feel strongly that it should not be done quickly without public input. When you're doing this piece of policy that affects everything for a long time, the public has a right to see it and analyze it and ask questions and make suggestions. Yes, the process won't be re reviewed again for another 10 years and haste makes waste. Kim and Nate, do you all have any comments about this? I'm going to let Nate go first because I always have a comment. <laughs> Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, just 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 uh, you know to say that how evil you know this kind of modern uh, gerrymandering redistricting is, you know, and it's no coincidence that that it keeps getting better and better as computer technology gets better and better, just as a business is better able to sort of do this granular kind of demographic targeting uh, uh, on social media, but also in the real world, you know, thanks to these burgeoning databases of of you know, all kinds of demographic information. Just that same way, a political party like the Republican Party can really just sort of, you know, pick exactly the, the voters they need to to get keep a district in their um, column. Uh, and it ain't right. It ain't right. So, over to you, Kimberly. I'm just going to say this. You know, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. It's all, you know, smoke and mirrors. It's it's always the same thing every time we turn around. I am so excited for the day that I can truly see change. Redistricting, all the things that's going on right now is just code word for, just like uh, Doug Price said, basically voter suppression, um, basically your voice not being heard uh, as it is supposed to be according to our constitution and the democracy that we brag about uh, all over this globe. So uh, once again, I'm never shocked or surprised. My shock value went all the way down for the previous four years that I lived through a nightmare. So uh, thank you so much, Doug Price, on that story. That was really, really great. Once again, Dougie Dougie Fresh does it again with fresh information, very thorough, very complete. So how about this? You know, the one week, you guys, I told you all, can I have um, Doug and Nate on the screen with me as well? I like it when I have my buddies on side by side with me, Miss Annabelle, our wonderful, wonderful producer. Um, Nate and Doug, what I would like to say is, there we go, I like that. I feel like I'm on CNN or something. Um, I know that one week I said I was gonna do the uh, news in two minutes, couldn't happen. It was like a uh-uh, right? And then I said, <laughs> then I said I could do it in three minutes, right? And it was like, uh-uh. Can you tell me how long I took last week for five stories? Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted I want you to know it was five stories last week. It was five stories. How long did I take? A hundred minutes. Uh, I, I believe it was five minutes and 28 seconds or something like that. Oh, no, it was, oh, well, 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 it wasn't five <laughs> minutes. So we changed it. <laughs> we changed it yeah. to Kimberly's five minutes or less. That's what we changed it to. Okay. 
But I only have just a few, just like I'm going to run through them so quick. You're going to be like, what did she say? No, you'll know what I said. <laughs> Number one, who's who's clocking me? Who's clocking me? Uh, I knew it was going to be Doug. I knew it was going I, to be I Doug. Trust, I trust Doug with the timepiece. Look, he's got that phone. Let's <laughs> start. So, number one, all of us can be ecstatic about this. Charles Booker has finally said it. He's doing it, and he plans on running for U.S. Senate against Rand Paul, who we know doesn't even deserve a medical license for the the. I'm just going to say the blasphemy that he's been spewing. But Charles Booker, Jefferson County, Louisville own, born and bred, has formally come out and said that he is running for U.S. Senate against Rand Paul. And he intends to travel from corner to corner, river to river, lake to lake to meet everyone in Kentucky that he possibly can. Uh, my next story is, it's a little bit on a more somber tip. I thought I'd get you hyped up at first with Charles Booker. But right here in Jefferson County, at Jefferson County Public Schools, so far in the school year just started, when? September? Did, did it start the end of, you know, I don't August, have school. August, kids. right? Doesn't it start in the August? end of August? Yeah, okay. Yeah. They have found six guns on students uh. right here in Jefferson County. Wow. So we've got here in Jefferson County, we've got a police lack of police uh, challenge. We have a social services challenge. Yep. And on top of that, we've got kids coming to school with guns. Lord have mercy. What are we to do? We need elected officials that will put their foot down for the citizens of this state so that, you know, it just seems like everybody's running amok. Am I the only one, Nate and Doug? Everybody's running amok? Then also, I got to tell you this, in Kentucky, wrong way collisions are happening. And it's so bad that they had to report upon it. Why are Kentuckians ripping and running the roadways the wrong way. Is it because we need to make marijuana legal in Kentucky? Because no, maybe you're getting, how that would work. you know how I feel. <laughs> Nate, you know how I feel. They're putting fentanyl in regular street marijuana. What? I have not heard that. I have not heard that. You know, I stay on top of that because, you know, I'm on the committee. Let's legalize, right? Right on, right on. So, yes, what, what is causing all of this? And it's causing mayhem and it's causing senseless deaths because people go down the wrong way, down the expressway. How does it even happen? I have no idea. So maybe that's something we can you know, evaluate a little bit later. But I, that just struck me that we should talk about that for a couple of seconds. Then also... I need my elected officials to get on top of this. Did you know that Louisville, which is Jefferson County, is the top city in Kentucky for bed bugs? Did Who do I write to in Frankfurt about the bed bug problem? Uh, uh, the 
health, family cabinet, health and oh gosh, anybody. But also, let's not laugh too quickly about Louisville. I know everybody's jealous because no. I'm in Louisville, but hey, Lexington is right there too in the top fifty of states and yeah. cities That's all around the country. Louisville and Lexington. Louisville oh. beats out Lexington, but Lexington is in that top 50 of cities in the United States for bed bugs. I need my representatives to get on top of that. But not literally, because then they'll get bed bugs. No, not, 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 not literally. But I will say this. I just thought that was funny. Didn't you think that was funny? A little funny? Uh. I was frightening we thought we had bed bugs once and, and it was freaking us out it's like you know change change the sheets make sure everything's white so you can really see it if there's anything on there and then you know what was that did you feel something i didn't feel something you know it's a bed bug <laughs> it wasn't but, you know. so, well I, I, will the, I know the terror just of suspecting you have dead bed bugs so i can't imagine really really having having them you know i'm doing this already I know, I know. I'm doing that uh, already. Okay, enough about the bed bugs. You know, yeah. I'll have nightmares about them, right? So um, moving ahead here. So, you know, pretty soon, coming up next, we have Miss Alice coming up. And she is our new friend. Yes, she is a wonderful woman. We've got her coming up very soon. But in the meantime and in between time, I just want to tell you this, that uh, remember, folks, if you like what you hear on Kernels of Truth, okay, I know you do. I can see you through the screen. Mm -hmm. I know you do. You like yeah. us. Right? Yes, you like us. So if you like us and you like what you're hearing, help us out. Okay. And we're just talking to you about maybe considering to support us for the efforts that we do. You know, we do a lot with our financial investments. We've got a goal of raising $1,500 for our current organizing projects, and we're still less than 20% of the way. And right now on the screen, you will see, I hope, uh, Annabelle, do you have that on the screen? There we go. That's where you can go to support us right there. So if you want to help turn Kentucky Purple just 377 days until we've got a chance to fire Rand Paul and celebrate at his retirement party, um, you can go right there. And then also the Rand Paul retirement party. If you want to make that possible, start helping us right now by making your donation. You can go and hit us up on Act Blue as well, okay? Um, make a donation. Yes, please, 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 and thank you to support our campaign to turn Kentucky purple. So right now, I just want to introduce uh, uh, a wonderful lady that uh, is doing incredible things, Miss Alice uh, Melendez, a local coordinator with Extinction Rebellion Kentucky. It's part of an international network of people committed, yes, they are, to effective action to confront the climate crisis and related ecological emergency. Did I say that word right? Like, nailed it. Did I nail it? Yeah, you nailed it. Thank yeah. you so much. 
Nice to see you. I want to be side by side with you like CNN too. I like that. And I wanted to share with you my protest sign. Uh, I wrote it a, a long time ago and at an event that we held with the A to Z impacts of plastic webinar series last year. And since I had it, I thought I would bring it. And oh, oh, life for life's sake, life protect life's wildness sake. because, you know, a lot of, um, People are saying, well, let's pay attention to Extinction Rebellion right now because COP26 is about to happen or like let's we're really focused on carbon. But I think it's really important to uh, not lose the forest for the trees, so to speak, and really remember that what we're really talking about is ecological like life on Earth living in complex communities that's other than human. So that the world would be covered not only with humans, but also with the great diversity of creation that's like been on this planet for all of the planet's time. And so, you know, that's um, why I kind of wanted to, I really appreciate you bringing in the, the wider ecological emergency that it's not just about a crisis in climate. It's about the relationship that humans have with the planet Earth and um, that's been all about consume, 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 eat it up and then throw it in the trash, throw it in the trash without ever sort of like recognizing the sacredness of the materials that we're moving and the creatures that are affected by the actions that we take. And so that's why that ecological emergency is like part of the intro to, to me. And I was happy that you had a, a sign. Alice, I'm just, do you mind if I call you Alice? Yeah, go for it. You can call me Kim or Kimberly. There might be a few Republicans out here that might want to call me something else, but I just don't answer to it. But um, what I will say is tonight, I'm so happy you beat tonight, Mr. Doug Price's sign. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> he was the winner, but I, hands down, I think we all have to say your sign was beautiful, lovely, and very artistic. So one of the things that I want to ask you, I've got my question written down here. Alice, due to fracking, we know that Pennsylvania is an enormous source of natural gas, making the Ohio River Valley an important location for the petrochemical industry. Can you tell us a little bit more about the planned expansion of this or build out there, you know, quote unquote, and um, what that could mean for Kentucky? Yeah. And I mean, you really nailed it right in the very opening of the show when you talked about, like, will the Ohio River be, uh, again, sacrificed to the levels like it was in the 70s when the river was completely trashed and the, um, environment around it um you know will it be sacrificed again to the petrochemical complexes and be another cancer alley like you see on the gulf coast like what you see at the mouth of the mississippi like you see in in houston um especially in these neighborhoods that are just like kind of legacy neighborhoods that are like right in the big um in the petrochemical construction and like in louisville it'd be rubber town um and right now, okay, so they're producing a tremendous amount of natural gas. It's plateauing in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia. Um, and 
they're finding that because the price of natural gas actually dropped really low, it's really important for them to turn the, the ethane from the gas into polyethylene, into plastic. And like, so as the big oil companies are seeing that there's going to be a shift in transportation fuel away from gas, or like there's going to be a shift in power plant fuel eventually, regardless of what Joe Manchin says, like eventually the power plant fuels will shift towards renewables. And they're like, well, you know, what's our next, what's our next growth opportunity? Because like, that's, that's the way they're thinking. Right. And the answer is plastics. Uh, because still, you know, like most people get most objects wrapped in plastic. Most everything that anyone is consuming is like coming wrapped in plastic. It's made of plastic. And the assumption, you know, the it's presented as like safe and sanitary and, you know, good for COVID. Although you find that like maybe breathing polyethylene into your lungs all day is actually not that great for you. And you can just put a cotton rag, you know, but, you know, that's the that's the new marketing plan. It's an old marketing plan. And so they want us to not see, you know, what's upstream and what's downstream. So like there's a, the shell cracker plant, it takes the ethane molecule from the gas and it turns it into polyethylene is right up by Pittsburgh and Beaver County, Pennsylvania. And then like downstream from that, um, in Belmont County, Ohio, like right on the border between Ohio and West Virginia, like they'd wanted to do another cracker plant. There's cracker plants going up all around the world. And so there's going to be an overproduction of plastic um, because everybody's like seeing this opportunity and like jumping on it at the same time. Meanwhile, upstream, so say in the, it's the Falcon pipeline feeds Shell's plant. And there's been leaks and there's been all kinds of crises because the last time they built a complex like this, it was somewhere flat. And we all know that West Virginia and the Appalachian, Eastern Ohio and Appalachian, Pennsylvania, you know, it's the opposite of flat. And when you get into Kentucky, like where they have also tried to run pipelines, you know, related to this build out, we're on this karst limestone geology and it uh, breaks pipelines and makes them leak even quicker, you know, than they would if they were in Oklahoma. It's also true that what they're pulling up, like from these frack pads, which are in somebody's backyard, you know, and so somebody in some idyllic, beautiful spot that they loved where they lived now has, you know, thousands of diesel trucks banging down their road, noise at all hours and toxic chemicals in their water and their air that makes their property destroyed and their health destroyed. They're pulling up radioactive material in far higher concentrations than they were in Oklahoma. So the gas in the shale of, of Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania is extremely radioactive relative to every other gas play that they've played out before. They're just pretending like it's not true because they have a loophole because our laws don't work. <laughs> it's the Halliburton loophole, you know, that like frack water is not treated as toxic waste and they don't have to say what's in it. And it, they don't have to even test it. They've just been like, the laws are all different in every different state. They were just dumping it in landfills in Ohio. They took it to Estill County. Like that's that was a big scandal here recently because Kentucky did have a law that you couldn't dump radioactive waste a quarter mile from the high school in, in Urban. Um, and then somebody got caught because he was forging paperwork and 
because there's money in it. And so upstream and downstream, you know, and then it just, they're going to create more chemical plants upstream of Louisville. Louisville's chemical plants are going to grow. They're shipping, you know, their water is going down towards the Mississippi. The Mississippi's going to the Cancer Alley, going to the Gulf. It's just a chain of toxic chemistry that starts with pulling this gas from deep underground that's full of radioactivity, just like radon under your house times a bajillion. So <laughs> that's Whoa. the story. Whoa. Yeah. Nate, <laughs> I yeah. know you had a question. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, so <laughs> I'm just thinking we, we actually have a, a, a radon mitigation system set up in our house, you know, because we we know that there's sufficient there that it becomes it's a carcinogenic risk. So I'm just sort of multiplying that by the bajillion and, you know peeing my pants a little bit. Um, so let's go from uh, this, this state level regulation to national. So, uh, you know, we, we've discussed these forever chemicals, the PFAS is, uh, I think that's how you say it, on the show in the past. And um, we know that uh, these types of chemicals are threatening the water systems here in the Commonwealth. So our understanding is that the Biden administration's EPA is looking at new regulations to crack down on these uh, types of pollutants that, you know, linger forever in ecosystems. So have you heard about these regulations at all? Do you have any understanding of like what they're supposed to be doing? And and most importantly, do you think that these regs would have a chance to make a dent um, in these toxins in our watersheds? And so that's a great question. And it really is interesting to me. I, I recently was on, um, it was an e it was a Department of Energy and EPA listening session. It was, a, it was like one of the biggest, like sort of like federal reaching out um, from the Biden administration. So you're sort of like trying to they were trying to sort of show the colors of the new administration and show that they were like listening um, about the plastic and petrochem build out. But at the end of the day, like the EPA does not stop projects almost ever almost no government agency stops any projects they permit them and so as long as you can fill out the permits you can you can make your facility permittable <laughs> and so i hope that okay so putting regulations and specific limits on specific toxins is super great because you know having any kind of influence over chemicals that last for thousands of years and definitely poison carbon-based life forms is good. You know, part of the way that we look at all of our interactions, you know, I'm speaking for myself, but I think this is a point of view that a lot of people in Extinction Rebellion or who identify with that, like flag or hat, we're going into an ecological collapse right now. There's a huge mass extinction event. Like obviously environmental toxicity is through the roof and it's influencing the health conditions of humans and all the rest of life that billions of millions of birds drop, die and dead in the ocean and wash up on the shore. Like things are not normal. This is already true. We're going through a bottleneck and the decisions that we make will influence how much gets through the bottleneck. So you can do better or worse. And so if you can regulate PFAS and make it some less, super, we're very glad. 
And so that's kind of my overall <laughs> way of looking at, at government regulation. <laughs> and I'm hopeful that they will do it. Um, you know, sort of, we had a, that was how I kind of first connected with a lot of the people working in the Ohio River Valley was pushing on Orsanko, the Ohio River Water and Sanitation Commission, to continue to spe maintain specific acceptable limits for the whole river for different pollutants. And they, they didn't after 300 people testified that they should. So they sort of do whatever um, industry wants all the time because our government's completely captured. But <laughs> I think <laughs> I have a, this is a funny show for me because I'm so used to, um, I appreciate your faith in the political process and I'm right. trying to keep with it. <laughs> well, Doug, I know you've got a question. Yeah, I do. Uh, first, just an observation. You talk about the industry getting what they want. And I think that goes back to our favorite Senator Mitch McConnell. Um, when he started stacking the courts and the, uh, Citizens United thing that, that happened that he supported and where basically industry and hire lobbyists and the lobbyists talk to the politicians and they get what they, they get what they want. They don't get what is good for we the people. Anyway, uh, the question I have, it's a big week for international climate change. COP26 got underway in Scotland President Biden is there with hundreds of world leaders gathering to discuss our climate crisis. The science is clear. We're on a path to an uninhabitable planet without significant carbon cuts. Meanwhile, West Virginia's Senator Cole Manchin, I mean Joe Manchin, holding a veto over Joe Biden's efforts to cut carbon pollution here in the U.S. What's extensions relevant uh, rebellion's plan for COP26, and how are you looking to influence or spotlight these talks? Well, first, I'd just say that I think you're right that McConnell has really uh, played a part in where we're at today. It's sort of a, you know, of all the things to be special for <laughs> in our special state of Kentucky, like McConnell has really done something there. You know, I mean, like he's uh, been really good at his job. And so is Joe Manchin right now, which is making sure that representative democracy is completely non-functioning for really making checks and changes. It, it, it can creep and it can, it can, change the levels on PFAS, but like it, even if you just say that you want to incentivize moving power plants from coal to anything else, like you can't even get that done. So, um, you know, globally there are people who are in a lot better place to, there are people in places where tens of thousands of people will be in the streets caring about this. I don't 
live in one of those places. I live in Paris, so I'm close to you. Um, so what have we done? You know, we worked on this break free from plastic infrastructure event where we're pushing on Biden to not issue new fossil fuel permits. It's really wonky, but, you know, but trying to be to the point, which is actually don't permit more facilities. Don't make any more, just stop. Because, you know, so much of the language that you're going to hear, I, I've been going to a lot of business conferences about climate change, like from Reuters and oil and gas people talking about how they're going to take care of us um, through the climate emergency and how they're the best equipped to take care of us through the climate emergency because they're so big and they have the technology and they're going to solve it. But it's all about trading. And so it's about them keep doing what they're doing and then counting not destroying over here as if they're doing something <laughs> and they're, they're not, they're just buying the credit, you know, from indigenous people who've been keeping their land safe for the last refuge of land, you know, and so we want to protect that land, but you don't want that to become a credit for an oil company to make a plastic factory on your river. And so that's why we're saying no new permits. And so that's our big message to the Biden administration. And we um, rallied together with cities all over the U.S. at the same time and had like a sort of Zoom show the way that we've all learned to do like this with the Biden administration people um, saying here and there and there. We're all saying don't permit these facilities. And so that's something really practical um, that we're doing. And I mean, you know, a lot of people that we know from this Ohio River Valley work in the, I would say the um, people over Petro is somewhere I would send people to look up, look up people over Petro. And uh, a lot of people went to DC and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people just got arrested in DC on indigenous people's day and the week following trying to raise awareness. And right now I would follow Facebook slash XR Glasgow because, of course, that's the heart of the action. And I'm sure, you know, they're going to have climate refugee marches. They're trying to say, pay attention to the people who didn't cause this, whose countries are um, going to be totally underwater or whose water is going to be dried up from the glaciers up upstream from them. Um, and what they're all saying is actually stop drilling actually stop building new facilities don't build a new facility and say you're going to capture all the carbon um, and then use it to stimulate new gas wells and get more gas because that's the only thing anybody's done with captured carbon at this point um, i would recommend reading hoodwinked in the hothouse in this department which um, i got to through indigenous environmental network but hoodwinked in the hothouse really has a lot of really smart data about the false solutions that are being put forward in COP26 and everywhere um, by big industry. And then once you realize that, you know, you start reading, have been reading papers about well, why haven't emissions gone down at all, you know, since we started measuring this in 1991 or we hadn't, you know, we had the, since the first Paris courts and um, it's, vested interests you know it's power and uh, you know what they basically said was that 
it's more likely to change because of action, probably sort of at the regional level, than not that there can be some incentives happening at the international level and that eventually kind of get on board, but they're, they're too slow. And if you rely on that, uh, you're looking at three degrees and uh, a lot less is going to get through the bottleneck. Yeah. So it's, it's a crazy time we're in. It's a, I know I'm probably kind of have a wild hair for this show. Um, I talk fast and a lot, but I've got a lot on my mind these days. No, I mean, you're doing great, Alice. The thing about it is, you know, we grew up drinking tap water, right? Yeah. All of us did, right? Like, this is a multi-billion dollar industry, right? Our bottled waters. They always said that the Louisville Water Company had the best water, like it was one of the best waters in the entire country. But yet, some of that, um, I don't want to call it stimulus money. I can't remember what it was called. What was that money called, Doug? Um, The leftover money from the pandemic, the disaster relief money. Thank you. I didn't need you, Doug. Thank you, though. (laughs) And um, they're spending about $8 million or more to do some work on the water right here in Louisville. I mean, I, I live right here by the Ohio River, and I'm telling you right now, I would not take a dip in there at all. I'm like, every time I get on a boat, a yacht, or the Belle of Louisville for a party, I'm like, please, Lord, do not let me have to jump over and go into this water. It looks so bad. You know, it looks extremely bad. So, What's happened between 1980 and now, uh, very quickly, for us to all be drinking bottled waters? I just saw uh, Doug Price take a, you know, a little drink of his water. I'm sure Nate has one right there. I wish I would have thought about just bottling some water. We all be rich, rich, rich. Uh oh. <laughs> I got a dirty filter. Because the water is undrinkable, but like a Berkey filter and um, yeah, I used to have this button and like this was a long time ago and it was like all the different water bottle companies and they were toasting and they said to fracking (laughs) all the bad executives in their suits with the Tassani label and all the, because yeah, the water will like if you, if you're sick or if you're a baby and you're making formula or if you're old, like don't drink that. Like, cause you're definitely accumulating chemicals that like nobody's supposed to be accumulating, but you probably are in the bottle of water too, from all the microplastics. It's, it's just, it's, it's so big. I have to stop you right there. Lord. It's so big. <laughs> Man, I don't want to drink water. <laughs> We should just roll the credits right now, right? I mean, Alice just shut it down for us. Like, you're drinking that blessing. You're right. Because normally we have a filter in the home, and normally that's what we do, but one of us hasn't gotten the new filter for it yet. So, no, I mean, my partner drinks plastic bottled water all the time, and it's like easy, and it's right there. What if you want to go to the gas station? You want to get a damn sandwich before you go to work, and you're in a rush. Like it's gonna be wrapped in like plastic wax paper with a plastic. You can't, like, you can't 
stop. I'm my car is full of garbage. I promise. Like I don't make as much garbage as neighbors, but there's garbage everywhere, and it's not our fault. Yeah, it's everywhere. We it's we gotta have her back on. We do to talk about because next time I want to talk about the clothing industry, how that's going into the water, and and that whole scenario about what they call fast fashion clothing. It, it's just a lot of stuff. She, she knows what I'm talking about. You know, if you like clothes, you're going to know about what fast fashion means, like Fashion Nova and like cheap knockoff designer looking stuff that they just recreate and sell it real cheap for mass markets like your H&Ms, your Rue 21s. We call those fast fashions. And some kind of way, there's some correlation between water climate and fast fashion industry and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out so we can talk talk to you alice about that thank you so much for being with us tonight you said you're in paris kentucky and mm -hmm. i remember maybe 30 years ago that uh i went to a party at a jip joint down there in paris kentucky and I'm telling you, I had the best time. I have been around the world and I have not had that much fun before or after. Although when I got back home, my mom put me on punishment, but it was worth it. Let me tell you, down there in Paris, Kentucky. Thank you so much, Alex, for being with us tonight. We really appreciate you. Boy, thanks for having me. It was really fun to get to talk to you guys. I appreciate it. Nice and next time you. when you come on, we're going to, Nate and I, we're going to sing that song, right, Nate? This <laughs> <laughs> all going to be all right. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Alice. You have a Nate, good night. Good night. Um, Nate, you want to go head on and do the um, I'll do that first call to action. Do I? So, please. Um, please, please, know, please. We, we have our call to action. We have an events calendar. Uh, maybe uh, Kimberly can can chip in with the events calendar thing. But uh, first of all, what we want you to do is join our board. Yes. If you wanted to work with Progress Kentucky to turn our Commonwealth purple with online communications efforts and that's not all boots on the ground organizing projects, we would love to consider you for a spot on our board because we're getting better organized. And in the implementation of our bylaws, we are going to be setting up our official board and we are looking for smart, committed progressives. Does that sound like you? Smart, committed progressives to help do the work. Uh, we've got uh, weekly meetings to join, projects to implement, uh, and you know you can get in on the ground floor of our efforts for uh, some base building here in Kentucky, uh, as well as you know improving and amplifying our digital work like this stuff we're doing here. But really, you know, the at the heart of it, uh, it's 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 more about uh, on the ground work in real in real life work. So, uh, if you if this sounds like an opportunity for you and you'd like to help us uh, steer progress, Kentucky, please send an email to the following email address. It's aaronviles at gmail.com. I will spell that out for you. So, Aaron Viles is spelled A A R O N V I L E S. Aaron Viles, all one word, at gmail.com. And Kimberly, uh, do you have some information about uh, uh, an event for our events calendar? I think you might have something. Yes, I do. But I put it on there for you just that quick. I put the email address that was missing on there. But ladies and gentlemen, 
The Wendell Ford Dinner is coming up on November the 12th, starting at 6 p.m. right here in Louisville, Kentucky at the Crown Plaza Hotel. So some of you may be saying, what about the Wendell Ford Dinner? I've never heard of it. Well, this is an open invitation for all the great people here in Kentucky. And actually, I've gone for many years. This is a great time. Uh, the early bird tickets are now over, but you, there still are tickets available. The tickets will be $125. You say, whoa, stop Yay. it right there. Back the bus up, buddy. $125. But you know what? It is so worth it because every penny of this money helps the Louisville Jefferson County Democratic Party. This is the money that the party uses to help the candidates. Okay. This is our big and only fundraiser. So if you ever wanted to hobnob with the governor and the cabinet and John Yarmouth, our congressman, and all your representatives, the who's who of what and yes, yes, yes of the Democratic Party will be there. So be there or be square. And you can get your tickets and learn more information about it at Louisville Dems. That's Louisville and then D-E-M-S dot com. Louisville Dems dot com. And please let them know that Kimberly Cecil Jones told you because I do sit on the executive committee for the Louisville Jefferson County Democratic Party. So we're going to close it out. I mean, man, I'd like my buddies to be back up here again, Annabelle, if that's possible. I like that. That Yeah, I kind of like that. Don't you all, don't you all kind of like that? I mean, especially, you know, I'm like Diana Ross and they're my Supremes. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> stop. Okay, so yes. don't get Nate and I going because he no, can no. sing. I really can't, but I think I can. Karaoke all night long. Yeah, yeah, we got to go to karaoke. Yeah, so, <laughs> so just to close it out, next week on Kernels of Truth, do you guys know who we got on? Uh, Aaron Viles. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Aaron Viles will be back next week. I know you'll be like, yay. yay. And Aaron better not be at dinner with his wife tonight on her birthday trying to check us out and seeing what we're trying to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On here, Mr. Doug Price said, I'm a rose between two thorns. Thank you, Dougie Fresh. Thank you so much. He's so wonderful. I like him. I don't like the rest of you all. He's so nice to me. So we are gonna be <laughs> we are gonna be back with a new show next week. I will be here, of course, and I don't know, maybe it's Doug, maybe it's Nate. I'm not sure they kind of alternate, but I'm always here. Aaron will be back as the host, knowing what the ham sandwich he's doing. I'm just kind of filling in. Hope I did all right for you guys. So Progress Kentucky, let me give you a little disclaimer really quick. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State, organized as a 501c4, is affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement otherwise known as CAVE. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. And did we do some engagement on Sunday, y'all? 
We had barbecue and everything. You should have came out to the picnic. We told you all to come to the Shilato Shindig. Yeah. And they didn't even tell me it was right there by the mall. Because as soon as we left, my son and I, we went to the mall. Yeah, the nice. Fayette Mall. What else does right, one do? Right. <laughs> yeah, they say, all you have to do is say, Kim is about a mile away from the mall. It's right there at the mall. I know where all the malls are in the United States of America. What? Yeah. How can that be? How can this be true? Confessions of a shopaholic, honey. No, I don't know where all of them are, but I'm confessing right now. So uh, some graphic content was provided by Couchfire Media and Couchfire Media Ignites multi-camera, live stream, educational and commercial video production content. For more information, you can find them at www dot couchfiremedia.com. So production this evening is always from the mysterious phantom of the kernels of truth because we never get to see her, but I've seen her before and she's quite beautiful. Yes, she is. Miss Annabelle, our producer, our social media chair. She's all that and a bag of chips plus a chocolate milkshake. I'm here to tell you she is wonderful and great. Thank you, Annabelle. Okay, you always do the best job. And uh, that's right. Would We're it not Beyonce worthy. Say, We're not worthy. Beyonce say, bow down <laughs> <laughs> to the queen. Bow down. Right. So uh, I've been telling you all this every week. And yes, the Jones Report is coming back. And you are not going to believe who our first guest is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me just say this. When we come back in a few weeks, this person is related to Malcolm X. Yes, you do not want to miss it when I give you the date. I will announce it first right here on Kernels of Truth, okay? What the Shabazz? I'm not going to say who it is, uh, but I know this uh, woman really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm going to be our first guest related to the controversial, but I loved him, Malcolm X, who died in 1965, way before I was born. Y'all know I was born in 1989. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyway, Nate, thank you so much for the theme song. You are wonderful. You are great. I just want to tell everyone to go to your website, which is natosongs.com. That's N-A-T-O songs.com to hear some of his music. You will be pleasantly surprised. So if you miss out on this live stream and you're looking at us now, hi. <laughs> and if you ever miss it, you could go back on Facebook, take a look at us. You could also hear us if you don't want to see us. But why wouldn't you want to see a rose between two thorns, right? And you can hear us on Spotify and uh, let me see, Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. And you know what I say every week? Do something nice for someone. It's not going to cost you anything to have a smile call up an old friend. Don't email them. Don't text them. Call them up so they can hear your voice like, hey girl, what's been going on? Did you hear the latest thing that McConnell did? You know, hey, we all like talking about somebody, right? Talk about somebody that's not doing anything. So appreciation tonight for our guest, Miss Alice. 
Melendez, our great co-host, Doug Price, Nate Orshan, and myself, Kimberly Cecil Jones. Do something nice for somebody, and we'll see you here next week, same time, same bat channel. Have a good week.